Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, hey, hey. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna freeze. Uh, wait. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Points in the podcast sponsored by Stadium, Stadium's number one NBA podcast. I'm you Ben Winstein. And I, of course, am Zach B in the place to be. Zach Badger House, always in the house. What's up, Ben, baby? What's up, bro? I'm doing well. Had fun uh, <laughs> celebrating with you last night. We're celebrating the start of two shows on Stadium, Live on the yes, Line and uh, The Rally. So we're excited. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm on that Live on the Line. You know what I'm saying? That's dropping every day for some bets. You know what I'm saying? Every day, get the opportunity to make you some money in terms of all sports, tennis, hockey, yeah. golf, whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's bringing their, their best bets, and uh, I'm all for it because it's a good opportunity to make me some cheese, big dog. They went three for three on their first day. What a way to open up the show. Three for three mm-hmm. in bets. So if you follow Points in the Paint on Twitter, which you should be, if you're Points in the Painter, you should be following Live on the Line on Twitter as well. And the rally. Throw that in there if you're looking for some uh, more accounts to follow. Always good. And that show is going to be a lot of fun. You got yes. Brad Evans dressing up in a uh, in a sport coat that's just made of dollar bills. Like you can't get you can't get dollar, better dollar than bill, that. y'all. Hell yeah, <laughs> it's great. But Zach, we got basketball to talk about. We got a lot of basketball to talk about because a lot of basketball has been happening. Oh, so yeah. let's try to bring it all together from our one big thing of the week. Just one thing, one thing. Mm. Um, and I I have some venting to do uh, because my one big thing <laughs> is I truly think Grayson Allen. Maybe needs some prison time. I think he needs to, to be locked up, throw the key away. On what charges? In prison six to eight weeks, <laughs> as long as Alex Caruso is going to be out with a with wrist surgery that he got because Grayson Allen unnecessarily hit him hard in the air when he was going for a layup. He was quote unquote trying to block the layup, which I thought he was. On, you need one hand to block a layup, Zach. You need Not one too. hand in that situation. You don't need to. You don't need to whip around and throw the guy to the ground. Grayson Allen, dirty player. He has a history of being a dirty player. The man got one game for a suspension, one, which is we can talk about that in its own right. That is insane. You, think was, you, thought, you thought he should have got more? Oh, he he should have gotten six to eight weeks. He should have gotten eight weeks. Out, you, Caruso's so, gonna be out. Come on. <laughs> you funny because like the prison time, like you hilarious. Like he don't need to be playing and whatnot, but. I mean, yeah, he got some history. You know what I'm saying? Grayson Allen, some, you tripping, you know, tripping folks in college and everything like that. He hasn't had too many instances in the NBA, though. I think that's what's like what people have to realize as well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he is a dirty player, but a lot of that took place when he was at Duke as opposed to being in the NBA. And so, like, the one game I feel like justifies enough because of, like, what he's done so far in the NBA. Now, we were just going off the strength of, you know what I'm saying, everything. 
everything, his whole basketball resume, Grayson Allen, then you might have an argument, you feel me, for the six to eight. <laughs> you got to look at the whole thing. I think if you look at the whole thing, he's getting a full year with what he has been doing. He's just he's a dirty player. He was dirty in college, a little less so in the NBA, but he still has dirty plays. He's still trying to trip some guys out there. He's trying to trip Derrick Rose a season or two ago. He's been trying to trip guys. He's been trying to hurt guys. He's a reckless player, in my opinion. And there's no place for that. And the NBA needed to put their foot down in this situation. This was the time where they really could have disciplined Grayson Allen. And they said, nope, we're giving you one game because Alex Caruso got hurt so much that it requires six to eight weeks of rehabilitation time on his wrist. And they just slapped Grayson Allen on his wrist with a one-game suspension. It's it's insane to me that something like that is allowed to happen. And then the Milwaukee Bucks come out and they say, you know, we stand behind Grayson Allen. He is our teammate. He's our brother. We will stand behind him. We don't agree with the one-game suspension, which quite frankly made it ten times worse. worse. The Bucks are standing behind this guy after what he did and after knowing what he did. It's just a really bad situation, a really bad look for the Bucks in general. Yeah, depending on who you act, you know what I'm saying? You know, you a Bulls <laughs> fan, convinced. big dog, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're a Chicago Bulls fan, so you know, so you got to ride and die with the boy, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I man, do. You know what I'm saying? I got so, so I feel you, you know, but the one game, he got the one. You know, if anything happens, but from here on out, though, he do anything else, you know that's going to yeah. multiply. And you know those Bulls-Bucks games, man. Oh, the next couple games that they have. I don't know what the Bulls players are going to do. I don't know what the uh, what the basketball equivalent of like beaning a guy is in baseball, but you may see some shots from Bulls players on Grayson Allen if he's back for a Bulls Bucks game because that rivalry, which was already pretty intense and fun, there's now an extra layer to that where this guy's coming out and just beating up on Bulls players. He might get something. He might get something the next game. You might get something in return. <laughs> we'll have to see about that. What's your one big thing of the week? My one big thing of the week, buddy. It's going to be the under-the-radar teams, and it's two of them right now for me, and one of them don't even have, you know, two of their best players. L.A. Clippers, man, they don't have Kawhi Leonard. You know, they have had him all season. They've only had a Paul George, PG-13, for like half of the season. He's been out for like almost a month, it seems like now, and they've continuously win games. They're coming off a loss. But they win basketball games that they should not win. And they don't have any star talent. It's Reggie Jackson out there. Nicholas Batum may go off. You just never know. One of the Morris, you know, Marcus Morris, he may do yeah. something special. So you just never know. And I got to give a lot of credit to Tyron Lou because he's keeping this team in a flow, in the play-in scenario right now, in the Western Conference being, and that's without his two main guys, his one-two punch. And so I got to give kudos to the L.A. Clippers, man. Another team, Ben, man, listen, it's your boy, it Luka Doncic. Yeah. They're playing well. Jason Kidd got them boys. They are. In defensively, top five defense in the NBA right now. You know what I'm saying? They're playing extremely well, Dallas Mavericks. You know what I'm saying? Their last game, I think they had 10 steals, 12 blocks against the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, they were playing exceptionally well on the defensive end, and that's in a divisional game. So, you know, that brings a little more intense intensity to that game, too, as well. They took care of, you know what I'm saying, John Morant, a team that was, you know, riding like an 11-game win streak, and they snapped that. I got to give a lot of credit to Jason Kidd, man. He's doing a good job so far turning that team around in this new calendar year. Got them boys playing well, Ben. Feels weird to say Jason mm-hmm. Kidd, good head coach. I, I'm yeah. not you know, used to saying a sentence like that without laughing at the end of it. So he somehow has transformed Dallas into this defensive juggernaut. Now, they were a top 10 defense last season, 
But before that, I mean, they were brutal. It was, you know, they were like 19th or 20th in, in 2019. And you go back to 2018, and honestly, they were even worse. They were down in the mid-20s for defense. So it's it's impressive what they've been able to do. You never really think of a Luka and a Kristaps Porzingis team as a team that is defensive-oriented. But you got to give a little credit to Jason Kidd, and I hate to say it because I don't really like Jason Kidd as a person or a coach. But the man's got that team to play defense. Yep, and your boy averaging 25, 8 and 8, shooting he well, is. you know, so far from the field. He increases just a little bit more, get above, you know, around that 45, 46. But, you know, Luca, you know, he's a volume shooter, you know, so it takes a lot of shots. And so, you know, as long as they can play, you know, defense the way that they've been playing, I feel like they'll be all right. You know, uh, Finney Smith, he's one of those guys that's, that's locked in on the defensive side of the ball for the Dallas Mavericks. So, you know, that's one of the teams, you know, one of the two teams that I've liked so far these past few weeks that's really played well. I do want to also say Jalen Brunson, local guy from Chicago. He's been playing a lot better. Jason Kidd somehow created this whole offense that is allowing him more freedom to work, freedom to dribble, and more opportunity to kind of do his own thing in the offense. Mm-hmm. He's been playing really much. He's been playing a lot better. You look at his player props. We're talking betting. Look at some Jalen Brunson props because I think he's still kind of flying under the radar there. He'll get his shots. He'll get his opportunities, yeah. especially if you know Luca or Kristaps are going to be out. Sometimes it's going to be all Jalen Brunson. Mm, points, rebounds, assists. There you go. One of my favorite bets to do for player props. <laughs> Let's do dunk or deny, Zach. And as yeah. everyone knows, if you're new to the show, this is our version of buy or sell. Dunking, we're buying and denying, we're selling, of course. So let's let's start with dunking for me. The new Rising Stars Challenge, if yeah, uh, you kind of missed that news. It's great. It's fun. They're doing a new um, – it's kind of a new format, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. came. This started as a rookie-sophomore challenge, which I really liked. I loved the rookie-sophomore challenge. I thought that was a lot of fun. I mean, the sophomores usually always won, but it was fun to see all the rookies playing together on the same court, the same team. Yep. Um, and then it turned into the Rising Stars Challenge where there was like the USA versus the world, which was okay. I guess it was fun. Nice. It was fun to watch. Yeah, that's that definition of average. But now, <laughs> now they're changing it where you're going to have four teams. You're yeah. able to draft. It's going to be a combination of rookies, sophomores, and G League, which is fun. Um, and they're going to be playing up to a certain score instead of like quarters or anything like that. So they're really changing it up. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a little more competitive, too, because guys are not going to be relying on, yeah. you, know, you know, that that clock or anything like that because it's a go-to score. So that's going to be pretty dope, you know what I'm saying? And then everybody's going to be able to draft, so you pick your own players, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. too. And then the coaches that are going to be involved are going to be, like, part of the 75-year anniversary team. Yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty dope, you know what I'm saying? It's going to be pretty exciting around that time for February. So we're looking yeah. forward to it for sure. I, I'm very excited about that. Um, And you are going up north where it's possibly even colder than Chicago to dunk yeah. on uh, this team. Mm-hmm. And I ain't talking about the team in Wisconsin either. I'm not talking about oh, them. Even more north. I'm talking about the team in mm-hmm. I'm talking about the team in Minnesota. Out west. You know what I'm saying? Them boys are playing well, Ben. Minnesota playing pretty well so far. You know what I'm saying? I'm dunking on the Timberwolves because they've won three of their last four. And the two teams that they've beat that really caught my attention because Kyrie played in this game. They beat the Brooklyn Nets at home. Kyrie played in that game because it was a road game. They took care of business with him and James Harden. James Harden was kind of lackadaisy, to say the least. And then they go out, and they beat a Golden State team, and they really had Steph Curry struggling from the field, man. They really had him shooting below, like, 40%. And Steph has really struggled recently, too. But, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to Anthony Towns. He's playing well. D'Angelo Russell has been vital 
for that team so far. And we know where Ant does, you know what I'm saying, Anthony Edwards. But they've been number one in offense, you know, in their six and three stretch. You know, they've been playing super confident on the offensive end. And Cat is locked in defensively as of late. As of late, we're going to see what happens as the season progresses. He's always the one I worry about. But then you look at the mm-hmm. team as a whole. This was the same. Let's go back, turn the clocks back to November. And they start out really well. They started the season, yeah. I think, one loss after like six games, five or six games, whatever it was. And people were saying, ooh, different Minnesota team. We'll see what's going to happen. And then they went on a whole losing streak. And then they went on a winning streak again and then on a losing streak again. Up so I don't, I don't know if I fully trust this win streak. I don't know if I fully trust the Timberwolves as a team. Still young. Still got Anthony Edwards, of course, who's really developing. And I don't know how much he fits in the time frame of Carl Anthony Towns. It's going to be close, probably a couple years is when they're both really playing at their best. But – it's fun right now to see the Timberwolves succeeding. It's a it's a fun team, a young team, and they've been playing well. Top ten in offense, better defensively this season. They they have times where they turn it on, and you're like, this is a really good team. Do something, yeah, exactly. And then it's like they're seventh right now in the West, so you know that secures at least a playing spot. You know, so you're yeah. in the playing scenario. You're ahead of the L.A. Lakers, who have all the star pieces on paper, and Anthony Davis will be returning soon. And so when you have all of those layers, and you go out and you're beating those type of teams, you're beating the Golden State Warriors, you're beating the L.A. Lakers. You know what I'm saying? You're beating you know, the, the hierarchy teams that put you in a position in terms of like the mental confidence where you can go out and you can just say, all right, we're going to go out. We're going to beat these teams. We'll beat these guys. You know what I'm saying? At the hours, you know, he carries that swag anyway, that confidence anyway. And so when you have all that coming together with everyone, Pat Bev, you know, he's scrappy. He's out there for the T-Wolves too. He's doing his thing. When you have all that coming together, it got to be some success behind it. And so far it's been. I just, I do have to put out there. I'm not a Pat Bev fan. Don't like the guy. Don't think he plays (laughs) good basketball. Think he's a dirty player. I just but say scrappy. You see, I say scrappy. You know, he's a scrappy Scrappy's player. Scrappy's the, <laughs> the nicest way to put it, I guess. He's Grayson Allen, scra- super scrappy player, Grayson Allen right mm-hmm. there, if we want to say that. So, yeah, not a big fan of that, that. But it works with Timberwolves. He's kind of the enforcer for the team. Because Carl Anthony Towns, not the uh, not the strongest of willed players sometimes. I mean, you had Jimmy Butler basically making him cry when he was in, when he was in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Uh, I do have one more person I want to dunk on. It's Kevin Love. Okay. Love Kevin Love. Let's show him some love because, Zach, he has right. been on the Cleveland Cavaliers for a while now. Uh, he was there with LeBron. There were Kyrie. Yep. He stuck it out until now. They're finally playing well again. And he's, what, 33 at this point in age. So he's not playing the minutes that he used to play. He's playing like 21, 22 minutes a game this season. But he's playing well, and he's helping the team. And He is helping the team. If you watch these games and you watch him play well, the team loves him. The, the young yes. guys love him, and I'm sure he's like a mentor to these guys. He's helping them out as a veteran on the team, but they love him, and it's just cool to see because he was on some real crappy teams. <laughs> like, he, yeah, that Cleveland, yeah, yeah, some real crappy <laughs> Cleveland teams. Yeah, for sure. So he's definitely see on him team now, that was bad. Yeah, and to see him now on a good Cleveland team that's going to be competing for a, a high playoff spot, not just a playoff yes. spot, a high playoff spot in the East, it's great. It's good to see because he seems like a good guy. seems like a nice dude. You just kind of want what's best for Kevin Love. Especially it was hilarious because, remember, last season we were talking about him where he just threw the ball inbounds and just kind of like walked to He's the He's like, bench. I'm done. 
And I mean, then, like, you, you fast forward to this season, and you're sitting there playing well. He was like six of 12 from the three-point line. All his shots were three-point attempts. He was knocking them down with confidence. Like you said, the team was rallying behind him. It was great, really great to see. Evan Mobley is definitely going to be, you know, a guy that's going to look up to Kevin Love in terms of how to expand his game, you know, to develop that outside shot because we know Kevin Love can knock it down. He's knocked it down in critical moments for, champion, for a championship team, so we know what he can bring. And it's good to see Kevin Love, you know, Sam finally come around and say, okay, I can play with these guys. Yeah, it's fun. The old guy playing with the young guys. Maybe he's got the, the youth rejuvenation in Kevin Love. <laughs> I'm denying one thing, Zach. Uh-oh. And I don't know if you're on board with this. I might it seemed be. like you were on board when we were talking about it, but I'm denying the trade rumors. And that's mm. just trade rumors in general. <laughs> I I hate, hate trade rumors because they are nothing. There, there's something for talk shows to talk about. We may even talk about trade rumors on the podcast sometimes. Exactly. And I hate it. It's <laughs> it's stupid. It's just useless talk. I, I only believe trade rumors when they actually become the actual trades. I mean, and that That's might be a stupid thing to say, but it's just I don't like wasting time just reading about where's James Harden maybe going to possibly go. Is he going to go to the 76ers? I don't care. I'll care when he goes to the 76ers. I just, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I, this is like my complain about things episode. This is like old man yells at cloud type of thing for me. But I... I I just can't stand trade rumors. They're they're annoying, and people make their living off. I just I don't know. I'm not a fan. Listen, you know, the boy Ben Simmons. I don't even want to hear his name for the rest of the year. I'm saying, especially the way you know what I'm saying, especially with Joel and B. You know, said the way he playing for the Sixers right now, he playing lights out. So I don't really need to hear about Ben Simmons or whether or not they're going to no. trade him. You know, or he's going to sit the rest. I don't care no more. You know, said Damian Lillard ab injury. We know he probably won't get traded, so it's like we don't really have to talk about him no more. Russell, he make forty five million dollars. You probably can't trade him, so we don't need to hear no. that. And until you trade Jeremy Grant, Detroit Pistons. We don't even need to hear them being in the news, okay? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like participating in it. The little trade machine is fun, I guess, to do if you're bored, but it's stupid because you don't you don't have everything that could work out, like in the scenario, like draft picks or money. Like you don't have all that information, so they're just kind of just useless tools to use if you're bored, which is fine. But I don't really like talking about it. I don't really like devoting time to trade rumors because. That's what they are. Rumors, right? Like, it's just, I don't know. It's annoying for me to, to have to deal or just like read about it. Cause you <laughs> can read about other things. You could read about how well my boy Nikola Jokic is playing, how he's an MVP candidate. We could talk about that all day long. There you go. Just don't bring in trade rumors, Zach. Don't do it. And let, let's not do it on points in the pain or try not to do it unless we have a guest on that loves trade rumors. Then we'll have to talk about it. But until then, exit out. The big X on the board. <laughs> what are you denying? I am going to be denying. You know, I don't like this team like that. Yeah, I know. You know, no disrespect. I don't really like the center like that that played for this team either. You know what I'm saying? Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Utah yeah, Jazz. Figure. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm really denying the Utah Jazz. And I don't know what they're going to do after this season because number one, they're not going to go to the championship. They may not reach the Western Conference finals. It may get to a point where they have to blow this team up, but I'm just denying them because I don't believe in that team being a serious contender. Now I know they got guys, they had guys out, you know, said Donovan Mitchell concussion protocol and and, uh, Rudy Gobert was in and out of the lineup. Joe Ingles has been out. I understand all of that, you know, but there's other teams out here who have been missing players and have still been able to get it done from time to time again. Now, 
this is what I don't understand with the Jazz specifically. They had opportunities to really have the media and everyone like us t- being able to take them serious with the few games that they've had, but they've lost eight out of their last ten, you know, and they're supposed to be the team with the best offensive efficiency because they shoot so many threes. Yeah. But, and they also have a top ten defense. But all of that comes around for what? It just seems like, you know, say year after year, Ben, that's a regular season team, the Utah Jazz. Like they're only going to perform well during a regular season. But then after that, you know, so they disappear. You know, so that star level talent, it starts to come out with, uh, with their opposing teams and they kind of become that inferior matchup. Yeah, 100%. I, I don't trust them until they show us they can actually do something in the playoffs because it's just a smokescreen. If you're really good in the NBA regular season, you can't do anything in the playoffs. And I think teams figure out that the Utah Jazz perimeter defense is hot garbage. It is terrible. <laughs> you, I mean, you and I can get past, like, Joe Ingles on the perimeter. I would have no that's doubt. That's the janitor right there. <laughs> yeah, that's, he's terrible. He just open door. Here you go, sir. Come on into the paint. Let Rudy Gobert maybe block you. Maybe Unless not. it's Paul George. You know what I'm saying? If it's Paul George in the matchup with Joe Ingles, he's going to have his day. He's going to have his day. <laughs> he turns into the world's greatest defender. But if it's not Paul George, anyone else – they're, they're getting through because the perimeter defense is awful. It was a problem in the playoffs last year. It's been a problem this season. Rudy Gobert has been trying to bring it up because he has to deal with all the players that now come into the paint toward him. He gets fouls called on him. He's got to play better basketball than he probably should if their perimeter defense was better. So I get that, but they haven't improved them. There's, it's the same thing. They're running it back, and I don't know what's changed. Well, it's just like with the Jazz and specifically with Rudy Gobert, they put him in a blender half the time because of yeah. so many switches that take place in the league. You know what I'm saying? They get so many switches. He ends up on a guard or wing in situations where he get where he gets blown by for a layup or whatever case maybe he's getting in foul trouble because he can't keep up with the guys. And that's just credit to the opposing teams and their offense and just realizing that if you could just force Rudy Gobert to come outside of the paint in those type of isolation scenarios, you can take advantage of the Utah Jazz's defense. You can. And, you know, they have a top 12 defense, but they're right in the middle. It's kind of near the bottom part of points given up in the paint. Yeah. Uh, this The name of this podcast. They're not good defending <laughs> points in the paint because they just allow everyone in the paint or in that like, 10-foot area. Like, that's that's what their defense does. And they're going to struggle in the playoffs because teams are going to figure out how to beat them. The, the Jazz mm-hmm. aren't the surprise team anymore where they're just going to come into the gym and outshoot you. Teams are ready for that. They know they know the deal. They've seen it already. And teams in the NBA adjust pretty quickly to things like that. So they're going to have to figure something out come playoff time because, I mean, if they get to the Western Conference Finals, I'll be pretty surprised with the same type of strategy that they used last season. I just thought of something. Hear yeah. me out on this. Okay. Because if they got a, if they need a piece, right? Harry talking about someone need a piece, and I know, I know we just talked about the trade <laughs> rumor. But listen, listen, I know we just talked about the <laughs> trade rumor, and this ain't no trade rumor at all. But I'm just throwing out a scenario okay. of the idea of them trying to acquire Jeremy Grant. Like, right. would that yeah, would a- that like would that help them get over the, get over the hump and make the Western Conference and be able to compete for a championship? You think a guy like Jeremy Grant could be able to help them in that moment for the West? I think so. I, I think so. I mean, you put really anyone who's an average perimeter defender on that team, and I think it's going to help them out immensely. Um, I, I think they do need kind of that one more piece, kind of a wing wing type of player to help them out. Because, again, if they're going to be running it back the same way, they're just going to have issues, and they're going to run into issues on defense with teams that have seen this on tape already from last season. So you throw in an extra body, maybe you can change the offense up. Maybe it becomes – 
more of a quick-paced, fast offense that maybe looks to go inside a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe adding someone like Jeremy Grant allows more space on the perimeter because maybe you can attack teams more inside. I, I don't know how much that would change it, but it would probably change it for the better. I hope so. We'll <laughs> see what happens come February if they try to make some noise yeah. Utah Jazz on that trade deadline. There we go. No more trade talk now. Oh, now it's done. <laughs> Fish All right, let's do things we want to see this week. Future! Lots of stuff coming up this week, Zach. So things we want to see. What do you want to see? Because I'm going to be tailing. I'm going to be telling you here. And maybe a little bit out of laziness. Maybe I didn't put things I want to see this week down. So I'm going to copy you because I also want to see this thing. I need to see. Now listen closely, folks. I really need to see. Anthony Day-to-Day Davis mm-hmm. play at an MVP level in his return to uniform because they desperately need it. They were 7-10 and 10 without him, and it's time. They have 35 games left. They really kind of yeah. need to go like 22. They need to win like 22 of those 35 games. You know, they really do. They can't come into this in like a 500 type of scenario anymore with Anthony Davis back in the lineup. And he got to play better. I know he gets 23 and like 10 rebounds a game, but that's not enough. Not, not, not right now. Not a desperate team like the L.A. Lakers. No, you need to be climbing that 28 and like 13, two blocks. Like you really need to bring that intensity if you're Anthony Davis for the L.A. Lakers so that it takes less pressure off. 38-year-old LeBron James, year 19, year 20, whatever, Benjamin Button, LeBron James, <laughs> takes some pressure off of him, takes the pressure off of Russell Westbrook, so he's not flipping the ball over six, seven, eight times in a quarter or in a half, not even the full game. And so it's just going to allow them, if Anthony Davis can just come back, and play at an MVP form. And he got an MVP candidate coming up, too. He's going to play up against two this week with Joel Embiid. And we'll get into that game, too, later on. But oh. they got to play better. Like, he got to play better when in his return. Yeah, yeah he really does. I, we, I, I, That's the same thing that I want to see this week is, can Anthony Davis come in and be aggressive? Can he be the defender that we saw last season? He's coming back. We're recording Tuesday night. So he's coming back tonight against the Nets. Frank Vogel said he's going to play. So we're going to see Anthony Davis come back, how he plays against the Nets. I'll give him a game to come back, get his bearings. But then for the rest of the week and the rest of the month, we better see an Anthony Davis that's aggressive, good on defense, takes some stuff off LeBron's plate, and actually makes the offense better. And maybe in the course of that, Russ Westbrook will kind of get back into things where he can play in a more comfortable offense and a more comfortable position for him instead of just forcing shots, throwing up shots at him at the top of the backboard. You know, that's horrible looking for Russ. <laughs> and so maybe the return of Anthony Davis fixes everything. I don't know if that's too high of a expectation. If he plays at an MVP level, it may it may help. It may put them over the top, and it really would. Like, he, we know what Anthony – see, that's what's so frustrating about Anthony Day-to-Day Davis is because we all know what he's capable of. Like, we saw it in New Orleans. We saw the 40s and the high 30 games and the 50 game and the game winner against OKC. Like, we know what you are capable of, Anthony Davis. It's time to put that on display in L.A. I agree. And I'm excited to see it. It's not like I'm I'm not anti-Lakers. I don't want to see the Lakers fail. I'm not rooting for them as being a Bulls fan, but – Anthony Davis being good and the Lakers being fun and good and a team to watch out for makes the league better. So I'm all in favor of seeing Anthony Davis hopefully get back to that MVP level. 
that they really need because it's bad. It's it's sad boy time in L.A. Everyone's just kind of sulking there. It's like the whole Snoopy thing. You're just kind of head down, shuffling your feet. That's what's happening in L.A. So maybe you get Anthony Davis back, everyone becomes happy. Uh, stat of the week. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> One of our favorite times of the week. Uh, this guy's been a stat of the week a lot. That's <laughs> Jason Tatum. He was tearing it up early on in the season, but then he went cold. I'm talking like 0 for 17 through three games cold. Jason Tatum, though, earlier this week dropped the 50 ball again this season. This is the second time this season he didn't drop 50. And let me put some context to this, folks. He dropped 51. He had 48 going into the fourth. He had nine threes. And remember, he was those previous three games before that 51, he was 0 for 17 from the three-point line. He couldn't shoot a rock in the ocean. It was very bad, real bad. But he bounced back against his St. Louis homeboy, Bradley Bill, the Washington Wizards, and they go out and take care of business against that team and had a convincing win. I'm talking, it was like 116 to like 87 or something like that. And Bradley Bill didn't even score 20 points. And in that matchup, Bradley Bill versus Jason Tatum, Bradley Bill statistically usually has the better offense, has the better day, the better performance. But this time around, it was for Jalen, it was for uh, Jason Tatum. Listen, the Celtics are the definition of average this season. They're they're 24 and 24. They're 500. But they are the most up and down team, which just le- well, they level out because they can have the worst games. Like games, I have bet on the Celtics. And Me they too. look like they couldn't beat a, a middle school team. You know, they're, they're missing shots, <laughs> missing defensive assignments. They look terrible. And sometimes you bet on them. And you're like, this is this is a contender. <laughs> like they're going to be able to play great defense. <laughs> they can outscore anyone. They have two superstars. You're thinking that, and then the next day they come out, they lay a huge egg. So I, I don't know what to make of the Celtics. I don't know what to make of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown together. But right now the league but is they saying they got to stay together. They, they I think so. Okay. I think you would have to. I mean, they complement <laughs> they complement each other really well. Like they they're not getting in each other's way or anything like that too much. So I, I don't know. I think you try to keep them together if you're Boston and build around that. Get a point guard. Go out and get a point guard. I know there's go. not a ton of good point guards, but you need a true pass first point guard. Lonzo Ball would have been perfect for that team. Right now, yeah, he fits perfectly with what they up. got going on. Hey, we got him. The Bulls got him. We're not giving him up. <laughs> Screw the Celtics on that one. It's great. I'm happy about that one. All right. Now, this has become the world-famous segment to end the show. Yes. Your game of the week. Your game of the week. Mm-hmm. You were hitting some money lines. I bet against you in one, and I won that one. Proud to say. But now we're back. We're back, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you this week, Zach, for your yeah. game of the week. That's what I like to hear because last week we took care of business, folks. So we are officially seven and four. You know what I'm saying? We're going to try to make this a Still two positive. week in a row. Try to make yeah. it two straight. You know what I'm saying? Because this game right here is going to be a little tighter and a little closer come Thursday night. I'm saying it's a, it's a national televised game, people. So, okay. you know what I'm saying? Guys are going to come out and try to perform well. And like I said before, Anthony Day-to-Day Davis, you got Joel Embiid this week. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be the warm-up game to, you know, some Tuesday night. But come Thursday night, Ben, Philadelphia 76ers, money line over the Los Angeles Lakers, Despite the it. fact that Anthony Davis will be in uniform, I'm still taking Joel Embiid. He's going to look at Anthony Davis and say, this is what you done missed out on, big dog. This is what I've been doing. 
You know what I'm saying? Ooh. You know, you know, Joel been out there off the fadeaway. He bringing a ball up. He stopping pop. He's doing all sort of things for that uh, 76ers team, man. Playing at an MVP level, over 28 a game, double double machine. Man, he's playing lights out. So I like the Philadelphia 76ers money line over the LA Lakers come Thursday night, big dog. We're the only podcasts in the podcast universe, I think, that gives out betting plays to lines that aren't even out yet. That ain't even out yet. I'm and just that confident. You still win. You still mm-hmm. win it. Seven and That's four. What, yeah, you can even you listen. And I'm so confident we're gonna do the player performance with it too. So I'm gonna make sure they got Joel and B for the double double and for him to win. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna take care of business like that too. And I advise wow. everyone else, if you can tell me on that, tell me on that too. I like it. And listen, if you have, if you have an issue with Zach's betting, give us a call. We got that voicemail, 773-273-9088, 773-273-9088. Tell Zach if he's a, a good better or not. The numbers say yes. Numbers say yes. But You feel me? If the the parlays might say something else, though. The, the parlays <laughs> might yeah. say something else. But straight up, the straight up straight bets, up we're doing all right. But the parlays, I don't know why you're not getting the hint. Just do straight up bets. You got to stop the parlays. Because we got to come up somehow. You feel me? Listen, when, I, when that 140, listen, when that 140,000 hit yeah. for that sure. college basketball bet I showed you, <laughs> we going shopping. We going on vacation. We doing it all. We going to live it up. <laughs> points in the paint from the Bahamas. Live stream. You, Live stream, you know what I'm saying? Right in the hotel room. Love it. <laughs> That's going to end this edition of Points of the Pay podcast presented by Stadium. I'm Zach Bazerhouse. That was Ben Wittenstein. Follow us on our social handles, respectively, of course. Make sure you follow at Points Paint on Twitter, Do it. Facebook, Instagram, Everywhere. even on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you follow Shams, Sean Bombs. You know what I'm saying? I know that trade room we talked about, but you can still keep the That's updates. You know what I'm saying? You can keep your update with your boy Shams. You know what I'm saying? He's going to drop those Sean Bombs. And you can catch Inside the Association for all your news going around the NBA with him and my main man, Cam Smith. Got to love my boy, Cam Smith. They drop every Wednesday on Stadium Sharp Lessons. Make you some cheese with my man's Ben Wittenstein and Nate Jacobson. I'm talking all sports. I know he's talking money. golf around this time oh, around. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with golf, just listen to my man, man, Nate Jacobson and Ben Wittenstein. They will get you together. And don't forget about Tape Don't Lie. I know it's the offseason NFL, but we're still dropping that podcast from Michael Felder, dropping every week, talking all things football. And you will hear from us at Points in the Paint Podcast next week. <laughs>